Amen. As we get into the word today, if you're taking notes, today's message is titled, and, and you can write this down, it's called Grow Up. Everyone, just write that. Look, that's a funny, that's a, it's just a funny um, title, you know? It's a good title to look at the person next to you and just look at them in the eyes and say what? Grow up. Come on, can you try, try it with me one time? Look at that person next to you real quick. I don't care if you don't know them. Just do it and say, grow, but you got to say it like this. Grow up. Man, you guys are asleep today. Are you going to help me preach a good message today? All right. Where, where's my hallelujah group from yesterday? Praise the Lord. All right. There you are back there. Every once in a while, I want to hear hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Here we go. Grow up. Grow up. But you're going to see I'm going to play with that word. I'm going to play with those words. Sorry, grow up. And it's not just like grow up. But you'll see what I mean by grow up and what I mean by this. And, and, and I started to think about grow up because some, some certain circumstances have happened in the life around me. And I've recognized how people just don't grow up. Can I get an amen? amen. I hear stories of of certain individuals and things that they're doing now that they would have never done before, and you're just like, grow up. Marriages, things that were never in place of their marriage, and now they've allowed it to destroy their marriages, and you're just like, grow up. And, and all these different circumstances that we hear as humans and as pastors, and that's what kind of tugged at me sharing this message, grow up. And, you know, you think about growing up, and it's a process that every human being must go through growing up. If not, it's sad, but we should all go through growing up. And for some growing up, it's not easy. How many of you could say it's true? It's not easy. At least for me, you know, I, I, I look at the seniors because I work at a high school. When they graduate, they're all excited. Yeah, we're graduating. Woo, we're out of this dump. I'm like, you are so dumb. You have no idea. Stay in here as long as you can. Fail five more times. No, but no, I'm not encouraging that. Parents are like, I'm leaving this church. He said, no, my children for failure. But you have no idea what's out there as you continue to get older. I mean, it's good, but it's, it's hectic sometimes, all the adults say. It is. There's more responsibilities it means bills, man. You growing up means I got to pay bills. I never paid bills. I got married, and then I saw bills just come. I'm like, what? I got to pay these things now? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I forget still. I pay them, and then I'm like, how come it's so much, sir? It's because we've charged you an extra $30 when you forget to pay it. Oh, responsibility. Grow up, man. Pay on time. Got smartphones now. They have a whole bunch of different alarm tones that could tell you to pay now. Growing up means responsibility bills. Come on, adults, man. It even means taxes. These high school students are graduating. They have no idea they're going to start paying taxes soon. Oh, I thought I was going to get the biggest amen. Amen or rebuke that in Jesus' name. But <laughs> taxes stink, man. We've got to pay taxes now. For someone who's growing up, children. <laughs> amen. But I know some people never want to grow up because growing up to them means that they can't get away with the things that they once got away with. Come on. If I grow up, then I can't just get away with this thing no more. People always, like, you know, people always mess, make fun of me because like, I'm kind of short, but I don't care. Really, I'm not like, I don't lack confidence in that. Like, I don't care if I'm short. And you're short. How does it feel to be so short? I'm like, I don't care, bro. You're tall. Wow. 
But people always tend to like, want to make fun of me because I'm shorter than them. I'm not shorter than everyone, but I'm shorter than a lot of people. And um, I'm like, you have no idea how awesome it is to be this high. You get away with so much. Short people, let me get an amen. You get away with so much more when you're short. Yes or no? You're so cute. And I'm like, I'm 33. I'm going to be. So I'm saying I'm so cute. But now if I'm 6'3", you're, you're handsome. I'd rather be cute than handsome. See, cute happens when you're short. Handsome happens when you're tall. All the short people. So you get away with some things, man. They think that you're still a child. You're in your 40s and you're short. You're like, I get away with all this. So how come you always get away with stuff? Because I'm short. <laughs> Grow up, right? Sometimes growing up, even in height, it's a problem. But grow up, man. It, it, sometimes it means that if I grow up, I'm not going to get away with things that I once got away with. So why should I grow up? You know, there are some things that are, that are somewhat permissible if you're young. You guys know what I'm talking about. But if they continue to happen 20 years later, it's not so permissible um, anymore. Yeah, it's not that permissible. I'll give you a perfect example. My son is two years old. And there's nothing that you need to do to remind my wife and I that he is two years old. You know why? Because he started biting. So, like, you don't have to tell me he's two. I know he's two. Okay? He's biting. He's scratching. He's having fits at night sometimes. And, and, and it's just a reminder. He's two. But if in 20 years from now, he's still biting, I can tell you this, then that boy has a very serious issue. Right? You see... We don't, it's not okay that he's biting now, but we allow him to get away with some of the stuff now because he's two, yes? But in 20 years from now, if he continues to bite, that just doesn't make sense. You can't just get away with things that you once got away with just because you were young. You know, there's got to be a point in your life where you just stop biting, where you just stop with the little attacks, where you just stop acting like a little kid already, and it's time that you just what already, church? Just, yeah, grow up. You got to say it like that. If not, it stinks. The message is going to go bomb if you don't say, grow up. You got to do it like that. But grow up. You know, it's the same thing for all of us, man. We got away with some stuff years ago. But the truth is, we're grown up now. Many of us in this building are grown up now. So what do I mean by this? That it's time to put some things off already. Why? Because it's time to grow up. Like, we can't continue with the same things. We need to grow up eventually. And it's like that in Christ, that, that we should constantly be growing and maturing to the faithful men, the faithful women that God's called us to be. But sometimes, sometimes we see in this faithful to God, we see our immaturity begins to kind of come up. And, and we, we see that, don't we? And um, we recognize how far off we are from really growing up in Christ. But there are some things, though, some things that we just look at each other. And we say things like this, really, you, you just did what? Or you're going to do what? Or you're thinking about what? And we look at that person, sometimes we look at ourselves in the mirror, and we're like, that doesn't make any sense. And how many times have you just had a dinner with someone, lunch with someone, went on a date with someone, and you just looked at them in the eyes, and inside of your own body, you said something very loud. What did you say? You looked at them, and you're like, grow up. How many of you have done that before with someone? One of you, two, three, now has it going to grow up. I've seen that in, in my life where someone is faithfully, faithfully for years serving God. Something happens to them, and then they kind of turn, and now they're allowing things in their lives that they would have never allowed before. 
They used to pray against that, preached against that, lived against it, but now they're for it. And you're just like, what happened to you? Grow up. You're not supposed to go back to the elementary things. You're supposed to mature in Christ, right? Right? Maya Angelou, who would have thought? Look what she said. Well, no, I would have thought because she she was very smart and, and her words were amazing. Watch what she says here. Most people don't grow up. Most people age. They find parking spaces, honor their credit cards, get married, have children, and then they call that maturity. What that is, that's aging. Ain't that good? That's good. Hey, listen. Maturing is not necessarily just taking on more responsibilities. That's not maturing. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's growing up. And today what I mean by growing up is not necessarily just like, hey, grow up already. It means this. Ready? Hey, hey, come here. Grow up. And you're going to see what I mean because watch this. The only way that you will grow up is if you live a life that is constantly growing up. You're never going to grow up if less you don't start to live a life that grows up. Did you guys catch that? And, and that's us as Christians. We grow up. We, we grow up to God's standard. We grow up to God's word. We grow up to the things of the kingdom. Our lives are not about growing horizontal. Our lives are about growing what? Up. We grow up. Up to the things of God. Up to the words of God. And the truth is, I've recognized that my most immature moments, the times where I've stuck my foot in my mouth or I've acted a way that babies should act, is when I'm not necessarily growing up to Jesus. When I'm just staying stagnant, I see me at my most immature state. How many of you could say amen? And God reminds me like, grow up. And then what do I have to do? I have to look up again. I got to look up one more time to the Lord and, and believe that. So it's not necessarily putting on responsibilities, but it's, it's a life that grows up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, Paul reminds us this, and he says this, And the Lord, who is spirit, watch what he says, makes us more and more. I like that it says that. More and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Did you guys catch that? He is making us more and more like him. Everyone say more and more. Right. He's growing us into the image of Jesus Christ. Did you guys see that there? It's a maturity. It's a growing up to the things of God. More and more like him, we are changed into his glorious image. It's not like, yeah, I think I'm going to stop here. I'm, um, thank you, God, for everything you've done. But I'm just going to cruise at this speed. God's like, no, I got speeds that you've never even heard of before. You don't just stop at that speed. You continue to crank it. You don't just stop there. Watch this. Because I'm going to make you more and more into his glorious image. Don't just stay where you were when you first got saved, when you first got baptized, or, or when you first saved, your, first saved the first person that you saved. But, but you continue to become what, 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 church? More and more like Jesus. Hey, man, you can give God for yourself. For that one person, I take that person out to lunch today. But more and more, there's another verse that I'll share with you to prove this point. And Paul again says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. But here it is. So he knew about me. He predestined me. I believe that. But for what? To do what? Oh, here it is. To be conformed. Conformed to the image of his son. 
more and more like Jesus to be conformed to the image of his son. Hey, here it is, maturity. That's it. And this is maturity at its finest. This is our obedience, church. Well, what is it? It's this, what I just read to you. That we are growing up, growing up to the image of his son. That he makes us more and more like him. That we are being conformed to the image of him. So I say this again, and I'll say it again later on. And it's this, church, that we will never grow up until we start to what? Oh, man. We will never grow up until we what? Until we start to grow up. And that is the truth. Late known poet E.E. Cummings, I'm sure you've heard of him. He once said this, it takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. That's good. It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. Yes, it does take courage. You know why? You want to know why it takes courage? Because it deals with your obedience. You know, yesterday, eight individuals, as you saw come up here, they took a step of obedience in being baptized. I looked at them, and as I saw some pictures last night as I was doing the message, and these eight individuals, what do they really want in their lives? They want to what? They want to grow up. I know they want to grow up. I know they don't want to stay stagnant. I know they just don't want to remain because they would have never gotten into the waters. But them being obedient to get into the waters is a beautiful picture. It's a sign. It's showing us that their call, and they know when they recognize it, it's to grow up in Jesus. And they want that most in their lives. And I was blessed to see that yesterday in the waters. And that takes courage. You know that? That takes courage to get baptized in front of people. And especially at some of our ages. I was telling that to some of the leaders in the back. You know, because to some people that don't understand the gospel and don't understand the act of baptism and the obedience behind it, that seems weird in your 20s, 15s, 30s, 60s to get baptized. Like, that seems kind of freaky and weird, but it's biblical. It's obedience. It's God saying, show the world what I've done inside of you. Don't hide it, baby. And it seems weird in the beginning. That takes courage, man. It takes, it takes a lot of courage. But you want to know why I believe it takes courage? Because there's a lot of dying to self to grow more and more like him. Watch. If we are called to grow up, there's a lot of dying in that process to ourselves. How many of you could say amen? Grow up. Come on, say it one more time. You're going to catch it. By the end of the service, you're going to get it. And maybe you're here, and you're saying, I need, I need to grow up. I need to make some changes in my life. I need to get rid of this, or I'm done acting like that, or I'm no longer going to do this anyway, anymore, etc., etc. I'm just going to grow up already. Pastor, this message is for me. Maybe that's you today. I say, amen. It can be done today. It can be done if today you make the decision to grow up. That's the only way. To the stature and the obedience in Jesus Christ. Because I've already given you the answer, but you know what the opposite of growing up is? Don't say it. It can't be growing down. That's weird. How do you grow down? Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, can't, I don't want to get shorter. That's weird. I think when you get older, though, you get shorter, right? All right. But how, what's the opposite of growing up? It's stagnant. 
it's not growing. It's staying the way that I'm finally at and I'm conformed to this and I'm happy at this. Staying and remaining the same. And that's a very great danger to live in. Jesus gives a great example as he teaches in John chapter 15. He talks about him being the true vine. And he begins to say, I'm the vine and you are the branches and you need to abide in me and I in you. And if you abide in me, much fruit's going to come out of you. But if you don't and you're just there hanging around with the, with the other branches and you're not really connected to the vine, guess what? Guess what? Nothing's going to grow from you. But the ones who are kind of connected to the vine and, and their branches, out of their branches, are going to produce much fruit. Watch this, watch this. Because when a branch is connected to the vine, there's growth in that branch and you start to see the growth in their fruit. But when a branch is not connected to the vine, you see that there is no growth because there is no fruit. So, so what, he go, I don't have time to read you all these verses, so you're going to have to study John 15 on your own. But, but he says, those that do not want to grow up, you know what I do with them? You know what Jesus says? He gets kind of harsh. Believe it or not, because Jesus has that side in him. He says, I kind of just break them off. I break off the branches that are withering. They're dying. They're not growing what, church? Yeah, and it's not grow up. It's actually what? Grow. Yeah, they're not growing up. And because they're not growing up, I break them off. They're withered and dying. I throw them into the fire. They have no part of me. Hey, listen. Everyone's like, you got to preach love. Right, but Jesus sometimes uh, preached, I throw branches to the fire too. And it's so powerful to see that analogy, to, to see that picture that Jesus will, will throw branches into the fire. And he's like, yeah, they're not worthy of me. They didn't grow up. And if, if, if they're going to be in me, they need to grow up. Listen, listen. You can't say you're saved and, and you're still in year 15 of your salvation and you're still doing the same things you're doing in year number one. There's got to be a point where the righteousness of God is maturing you and you're growing up to the stature and to the person of who Jesus Christ is. It's, it's, a, it's a newness that he does in us. we got to be connected. And there's got to be fruits. There's got to be growth. So what does he say? I'll share one verse with you. He says this, live in me. Live in me. Like, cool, because there's no other place I would rather live in. Live in me, he tells them. Make your home in me. Good. He's planning on doing that. But watch this. Just as I do in you. Like, that's so cool. That's so cool, because what does that mean? That Jesus could live in some of us, but some of us, while Jesus is living in us, could still fight and could still separate themselves from living in him and, and making him our home the way he's made us his home. You guys, I don't even have to get into that, but let's keep reading. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you're what? Joined with me. It's so true, right? You can't go to a beautiful vine like, wow, look at the grapes. Look at the grapes on that thing. Have you seen them? So you go to the vine and you rip off a branch. I'm taking this home. And I'm going to get my own grapes. You put it in soil and you just let it hang out in your kitchen where the sun hits. And then you're like, week one, no grapes. You're never going to grapes. That, 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 that branch is dead. And that's what Jesus is saying. You can't be disconnected from me and think that you're going to bear much grapes. The only way you're going to grow up is if you stay connected to me, if you make me your home and you live in me as I live in you. Grow up, man. And it's a, and it's a, beautiful, a beautiful thing. You need to be joined with me. 
And he gives us this amazing picture of it in John chapter 15. Hey, church, when, when we're not growing up, you want to know what we lack? When we're not growing up, we lack spiritual maturity. We do. We lack spiritual maturity. What do you mean? What I mean is this. We want to get away with the same things that we once got away with. There might be some sins that we can no longer live in already. Come on, let's act. Let's, let's do this already. Am I speaking to anyone's heart today? Like, you can't do that anymore. Like, grow up. Like, there's got to be some sin in our lives already that we're like, I got to fight this already. Like, I can't just, like, continue to live. I'm just this way. God is gracious. Jesus still loves me. And then continue to cover yourself in that same sin. No. Start fighting it. Start living above it. It's, it might still be there. Remember that preaching? It might still run after you for the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean that you can't grow up from it. And how many of us, that's it. We're done getting away with the same things we once got away with. We, we got to get rid of the sins that we're living in and no longer living them. How about this one? We can't continue to argue about the same things. Come on. How many of you are still arguing about the same things? Come on. You can't. You got to grow up. We can't continue to hold on to that unforgiving heart. We Forgive. Let's go. Love. Mercy. Grace. Come on. Do it already. You can't continue with the unforgiving heart there's got to be a time when we are done with our excuses when we are done with our justifications of why we can't and why we didn't and why we won't and we just got to get to a point already when we don't let these things just happen even demoralizing everything that we stand for as the people of God we must become spiritually mature and the only way that that is possible it's if we start to grow up in Jesus. Oh, but I need to start forgiving people. Grow in Jesus. I promise you, he's going to make you start forgiving people. I need to start loving. I'm filled with hatred. If you grow up in Jesus, man, there's going to be a love that's going to start bubbling out of you. Maybe the reason why you have not experienced forgiveness and love and mercy and kindness and gentleness and long-suffering and all these fruits of the Spirit is because you have not grown up to Jesus and you're stagnant or you don't want God to minister to you anymore. But I'm telling you this, that if you begin to grow up, you're going to begin to forgive. You're going to begin to love. You're going to begin to show mercy. You're going to begin to receive people that you all always rejected your life is going to be changed because you're finally growing up grow up grow up and and that's what it is that heaven is our aim grow up up heaven is my aim his word in my mouth let's have the mind of christ Let's get spiritually mature. Yes, listen, oh, Nancy, you want us to be all serious? No, don't, don't take life so serious as well at the same time. Joke, have fun, make people laugh. Laughter is medicine to your bones. Laughter is good. Smiling is healthy. Trust me, it's more healthier to laugh and smile than it is to frown and be mad all the time. You do more work frowning and being mad than when you do laughing and smiling. Laugh and smile more. I promise you, it'll make you healthier. So, so don't get this out of context. I've got to be serious all the time because I have to grow up. No. Jesus had a blast growing up. <laughs> yeah. Walking on water one day. Boo! It's me! Don't be scared! It is I! Like, come on, you think he was messing around? <laughs> it's fun! Yeah, you know he was laughing. Peter walked to me. Come on, you wouldn't do it. You know, the Bible doesn't... I bet you anything. He's like, you wouldn't do it. Come on. I can do what you can't do. You don't think Jesus probably messed with Peter a little bit? 
Peter starts to walk out, and then choom, he's drowning, and he's, he's smiling at him. I got you, sucker, man. Don't worry about it. He's having fun, mentoring, discipling, lifting up people, all while calling people to grow up. He's enjoying it, isn't he? Hey, go get food. We don't have food. Go with your money. Go to the market. We don't got enough money. Oh, well, we got to do something. He knew the whole time he was messing with them. He was messing. He had a good time. He was smiling. He was laughing. And then one of them like, I found a little boy, a little bit of fish, a little bit of bread. He's like, bring him to me. Let's see what happens. Come on. You know, tell me he didn't have it all planned out. And then he creates one of the greatest miracles in the Gospels. He feeds over, like, I don't know, maybe 20,000 people. It's amazing. It's amazing. You don't think he was laughing at the end of it all? Come on. You don't think he was walking? like, Dad, I did good, huh? And then he's looking back at Peter and everyone like, look at them. They actually thought I wasn't going to come through. Come on. Jesus had a good time. He did. I love this one. I was going to share this verse today, but I, I'm not. The, the religious leaders and the Pharisees come up to him because he just did an amazing preaching. And then, uh, oh no, forgive me. He starts to flip over tables at the temple, flip over tables at the temple, flip over tables at the temple. So the next day they come back to the temple and they say, Jesus, who do you think you are and what authority do you do what you do and say what you say, right? So Jesus asks them a question because Jesus loves to ask questions to answer questions. He says this, answer this question. When John the Baptist when he was baptizing people, how did he baptize? And they said that, no, they didn't want to answer it because they spoke to each other. They said this, that if we say it's from man, then the people are going to rebel because they believe that John the Baptist was a prophet. And if we say if it was of God, then they were going to know that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. So they could not answer Jesus because they were going to stick themselves in a hole. So they said, we don't know. So you know what Jesus said to them? He's like, well, if you can't answer my question, I'm not going to answer your question. And he walks away. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's biblical. It happened. Jesus said, oh, you have questions for me? Watch this. I got two questions for you. They couldn't answer that. So don't, ask, don't expect me to answer your questions if you can't answer my questions, baby. And you know he was laughing. The Bible says they couldn't say anything. He shut them up. Hey, what do I mean? You get spiritually mature. Yes, check. Do that. But have fun while you do it. You got people looking at you. Christianity is not a bore. Hey, you've been hanging around with some wrong Christians if it's a bore. Because Christianity is actually a thrill. Yeah, yeah. You'll see, like, I have no money to pay the next bill. Someone says, I don't know, someone get, told me to give you $600. What? That's crazy. <laughs> it's fun. It's like, I'm a Christian. Things like that happen. It's so cool, man. It's so neat. It's like, I want to get baptized. No, nah, you're not going to get baptized today, six months later. Oh, no, not only are you going to get baptized now, but I'm going to tell your twin to get baptized with you. What? That's so crazy. We would have thought this, huh? And Jesus like, it's a thrill, man. Hang out with me. I'm going to show you things that you would have never seen outside of me. So watch this. Grow up, but watch. Have fun while doing it. But don't stop growing up. You know Jesus grew up? You know that Jesus grew up? He did. What do you think? He grew down? You think he grew this way? No. Even when he was ministering this way, Everything that he was doing this way, come here, was really all for what he represented this way. Everything he did here on earth was actually for everything that rested in eternity. So what do I mean? While he was living and dying and, and doing everything he was doing on earth, it was really because he was actually growing what? He's growing up. I'll, I'll prove it to you in a second. But he also grew up as a young man. In Luke chapter 252, the parents thought that Jesus, oh my God, he's missing. He's not in our caravan. They make a U-turn down the road. <laughs> They go back to, um, to the temple, and guess where Jesus is at? I think it was in Solomon's porch, part of the temple. And Jesus is teaching in Solomon's porch, and all, he's 12 years old, by the way, and all the wise people are like, how does this young man know everything? Dude, because he's God, but whatever. 
So, so he's, he's schooling everyone, right? And as he's schooling everyone, Mary and Joseph are going, Son, we've been hours down the road and you weren't with me. He's like, do you not know about my father's business? He's like, I oh, will give you your father right now. You know, but, but you, could almost imagine this, you could almost imagine this scene, right? And um, in this process, everyone was amazed by everything that Jesus was teaching and saying. It, it says this in chapter 2, verse 52 of the book of Luke. It says, Jesus grew. I love that. He grew. What do you think he did? He stayed? Come here. You think Jesus just stayed? No, he grew. How did he grow? In wisdom. What else is he going to grow in? In wisdom and in stature and in favor with God, the God the Father, and with all the people. Jesus seemed to grow. Hey, so if Jesus grew up, what do you think we should do? We should grow up. Jesus grew up. We should grow up. Look, look what, that was the beginning of his earthly life. But let's see at the end of his life, what he lived for, at the end of his earthly ministry. We find ourselves in John chapter 17. Jesus is at the end. And as he's at the end, something amazing happens here. He um, starts to pray to God because he's about to be crucified. And look what he says in verse 1. It says that he spoke these words and he lifted up his eyes to what? Did you notice what he did with his eyes? He did what? Am I talking to the church today? He looked up. He lifted up his eyes to the heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also what? Yeah, lift it up, glorify you. Notice the word he uses. As you've given him authority over all the flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you've given him. Look at verse 3. And this eternal life that they may know what? Always looking up, always growing up. Know you, for you are the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent me. Look at verse 4. I have glorified what, church? On what? I've grown up as I've been down here. I'm always growing up. Even when I'm down here, I'm glorifying you. I'm lifting up you. Watch this. I'm representing as an ambassador of heaven. I'm representing the kingdom even while I'm not there, while I'm not present. I'm always there, though I'm here. I'm always growing up, though I'm basking down here for a little while. Glorify you. Lift up you so that they may know you glorified you on earth. And then he says, I finished the work which you have given me. And now, O oh Father, what? Glorify me together with you, yourself. With the glory which I have had with you before the world was. All Jesus did was grow up, grow up, 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 up. You know what I mean by this already, right? I think you got the point of me exhausting it. What I mean is this. His mission was always up. That was his mission. Whatever he did on earth was always for something greater. It was for what was represented up above. Now do you get what I'm preaching? Everything that you do, you now do it for what's up above. You grow up. Don't stay here. Grow up. How many of you could say amen? God's good, man. God is good. Father, all that I've done here, all the glorifying you down here, the people that I'm saving down here is for what is established up there. I love that because what he's saying is I don't live for what's in front of me, earth. Oh, that's biblical. You have somebody like, but God so loved the earth that he gave his only begotten son. I'm going to tell you how much God loves the earth. Okay? 
I don't live just for what's in front of me for earth because when everything is done with, what happens to all of earth? It turns into what anyways? It turns into dust anyways. The Bible says that everything shall pass away. Everything turns into dust. It's the souls that are on earth. It's the lives that are on earth. It's those who are, watch this, earth is not eternal. I'll prove it to you because in Revelation, the Bible says that a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem come. So earth is done with. But it's the souls that are in earth that are eternal that he loves. So, so watch this. Everything on earth, anyways, it turns into dust. So, so watch this. What is Jesus saying? What are we saying? I grow up. My mission is up because here everything turns into dust. But up, everything turns into glory. Come on. I live for a glory because everything else here gets dusty. You know the Grammys, love the speeches, right? Love the shows, love the shenanigans. Some of it is very demonic. But all of that stuff, all of that stuff, some of it is good and talented work. Some of it is just like, what did they just do, right? Grow up. Okay, but they come out, they make a speech, the beautiful golden little thing, and then, you know, we could talk about all these things. The World Series beautiful trophy, that's probably one of the be- most beautiful trophies in, in all sports, the World Series trophies. Isn't it beautiful? Right? The NBA, the finals are coming up. That once someone's going to be rewarded a trophy, watches all those trophy, all those awards, all those performances, and all those speeches. All of that turns into dust. All of it. The Bible says it clearly. But but there's something more worthy, something glorious. And, and and Paul talks about it to the church of Corinth when he talks about the resurrection of the dead. I'll read it quickly. In 1 Corinthians 15, 42 on, it says this. The body is sown in corruption, but it's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. But it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's a natural body, but it's raised in what, church? It's a spiritual body it's raised in. So he says there is a natural body, but there's also a spiritual body. And, and this is speaking of the day that we go to be in glory. You know that, 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 that speaking of the great day of the Lord, you know what 2 Peter chapter 3.11 says? So here's Peter. Look what he says. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, What holy and godly lives should you live? That's awesome. You know what Peter's saying? All of this stuff is going to turn into dust. So because everything is going to be destroyed here and nothing's going to go with you to eternity, he says, you might as well live godly and holy now before everything here is destroyed. What is he really telling the church? Guys, grow up. Don't grow for this world and riches in this world and fame in this world and popularity in this world. Watch this. And for the beauty of this world. But you grow for the riches and the beauty and everything of eternity. You don't grow this way. You grow what? Up. And that's what Peter's saying. That's what Paul is saying. You grow up daily in your lives. As the worship team comes up, I end here. And um, I want you to hear about growing up. Because my main point today that I'm exhausting is this. To grow up is through through the process of growing what? Up. And I want you to hear what the psalmist says in chapter 1. In chapter 1 of Psalm, verse 1 through 6, he says this. He says, all the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or stand around the sinners or join in with the mockers. Just let that soak in for a moment. Just look at what this says. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow advice of the wicked. Are you guys catching this? What he means is this. 
that there are a people that no longer continue to live and hang out and continue to abide in the same stuff that they once did or what everyone else is doing. Do you catch that? What is the psalmist saying? Man, there's joy in the ones who follow. You see obedience there? You see dying to self there? Follow the advice of the wicked. They don't follow it. And they don't stand around the sinners or they don't join in with the mockers. They're a little bit different than everyone else. They don't make that their lifestyle. Look at verse 2. But they delight in the law of the Lord. Wow, what a difference, right? They went from mockery to delighting in God. They went from living in sin to meditating on it day and night. The next part of the verse says. Look at verse 3. They're like trees that are planted along the riverbank. And what are they doing? Yeah. They're what? They're bearing fruit. What does that mean? They're growing up. They're growing up. They bear fruit. They're, they're growing up. Their leaves never wither. It's awesome. And they prosper in all they do. Oh, just a reminder here. Look what the psalmist says next. But not the wicked. Watch, watch. Let's change the wordage a little bit. Not the wicked. What do I mean? Not the ones that don't grow up. The ones that don't grow up, they're like worthless shafts. They're scattered by the wind. They're just, what does the Bible say? Tossed to and what? Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They, they, they have no foundation. They're not growing up. They're just tossed around. There's no, no strength. They're not planted in anything. The wicked. And they will be condemned at the time of judgment. Look what he says next in verse 5. Sinners will have no place among the godly. Wow. 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 For the Lord watches over now the path of the godly. I love that. This verse right here memorizes this verse. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. Do you know what that means? Like you're walking and God's just doing what? Just watching your path. Like, good job. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Ruin you on. He says, come on, son. Come on, daughter. He's, he's, it's an awesome passage. He's watching over the path of the godly. But the path of those who are not growing up, the path of the wicked, it leads them. It leads them to what? Destruction. Hey, guys. It's either we grow up or we just grow into destruction. It's, it's an amazing, awesome, powerful passage in Psalm. And God's calling us, hey man, grow up. How, Lord, by growing up. I end with this verse. I promise you I do. I'm going to read it actually, not from the ESV, but from the New King James. I'm going to actually read this one from the message just so you could get the wordage behind how Eugene Peterson. And it's 2 Peter 1. And if you can, just stand with me as we read this together. And in 2 Peter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read all the way to 11 in the message translation. He says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God, listen to this now, don't, don't get distracted, focus on this. It has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. You guys see the growing up in Jesus? The best invitation that we ever received, how many of you can say Amen. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turn your back on a world corrupted by lust. 
Like, like you, you're no longer like that. You've grown up. You've moved past that because of the one who's invited you to God. Look at verse 5 and on. So don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character and spiritual understanding, alert, discipline, passionate, patience, reverent, wonder, warm, friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. It's a process of growing up. Grow up. And with these qualities of growing up, active in group, active in what? Yeah. Active in growing in your life. No grass will grow under your feet, no day will pass without its reward. As you what? Yeah, I'm not making this stuff up, man. As you mature in your experience of your master Jesus. Hey, baptism people. It's awesome you got baptized. We love you. But the fun has just begun. You know what it means now, right? Now, now we live a life what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up. Growing up and growing up. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, His choice of you. Hey, how many of you could say thank you for making me your choice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't that sound good? For some of you, It'll hit you hard, but some of you, you'll miss this. But, but there's like almost 7 billion people on planet Earth, right? It's like almost at 7 billion, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you for making me your choice. You didn't have to. Because if you, if you, um, if you rip up these grounds, and you, you don't have to search that deep, you'll recognize like last week's sermon, there's nothing really worthy. There's nothing really in here. There's nothing really here that's deserving of it. <laughs> so all I could do is what? Thank you, Lord, for making me your choice. You know, there's, everyone gets all like wild out about the bachelor, the bachelorette and all that. I'm not, I'm not going like, to rebuke you and all that. Relax. But it's all about a show about girls performing for that man so that man could pick her. It's all about men performing for that girl so that girl could pick them. And they're performing and they're performing and they're performing so that he could get picked. Most of those people, they get picked. Five months, they're divorced. I love this. Because when I stand before God, when I was single, and I didn't put a ring on it yet, and I was kind of like, I don't know, God is tugging at my heart yet, I don't know. I recognize that I never had to perform. I recognize that I never had to be a certain way. That God just looked at all the people that were standing before me and said, Rigo, come out of the crowd. I choose what? You. And I look at that and I went from a worthless person. I'm going to preach in last week's message. And I become worth again. And, and I recognize now that, yes, I need to get baptized. And, yes, I got to do certain things. And I got to come before the Lord. And I got to get into his word. But this process of growing up into the likeness of Jesus has never ended. And, and, I, and I don't have to grow up. You've heard me over and over. What a blessing that I get to grow up to be like Jesus. 
all because he chose me. I should have never been picked, but he said, you I love, so you grow up into me now. I'm like, wow. What a beautiful thing this is. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you because he chose what? He chose you, man. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. You won't just grow sideways. You'll grow up. The streets paved for you and the way will be wide open in the eternal kingdom of our master, Jesus Christ. You know what that means, right? That when you see him one day, he'll look at you and he'll say what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Come, come, come in. Come in. Join me. Come in. Branch, you've never left me. Come in. That's beautiful. So church, we grow up. Grow up. And I promise you, you will start to grow up. Amen? How many of you are blessed by the message? God's good. Many reasons, but let me tell you the main reason why I will not do an altar call today. Because there's not one person in this place that should not be on this altar and saying, Lord, I need to grow up. This message is church-wide, worldwide. God's calling us all to grow up. I'm going to ask three people to come up here as we get ready to end. It's Tanya, Adrian, and Lewis, if they could, if they could come up. As they make their way up, um, these three individuals, God has tugged at their heart, and God has tugged their heart to to go to Haiti, and they will be leaving to Haiti in two weeks, but this will be their last Sunday with us before they go to Haiti, and. Um, they're going to be going over there with a group of, is it finally 48, 47? It's 47. Tanya's making a way up. 47 of them will be going to Haiti and doing a work there. Our churches have connected with a ministry in Haiti. And this will be our, I want to say, third or fourth trip to Haiti, if I'm not mistaken. And these three will be going with the way to Haiti and they're going to be ministering over there. Some of them will be using their hands to build, to fix, to pray over. Some will be preaching. Some will be in skits. Some will be doing medical, uh, in the medical field, doing medical stuff, dental. It's going to be a beautiful time that they're going to have in Haiti. As a church, we took a big group as well a couple years back. And I think have you, you've gotten to Haiti, I think, numerous times, right? Or just once? Just once. Have you been to Haiti yet? So it'll be her first, first time, and Lou's first time. And I know they're going to come back just like ready. Actually, when they come back, I'm going to ask you all to invite everyone you know, because there's no way that I'm going to grab the mic when they come back. There's no way that I could preach a message when they come back. I, when they come back, I'm going to go to the airport, hug them, and say, I hope you're ready for tomorrow, 
because there's no way that I'm sharing after you've just experienced what you've experienced. And I want you to be ready to hear everything that God did through them over there in Haiti. Amen? So I want to pray for them as we get ready as a church to send them off and believe that God is going to do amazing things. And they're going to call people there to grow up into the statue, to the person of Jesus. So guys, come over here to the middle a little bit and pray let's link up like a team and um, I'm going to ask the father to come up I'm going to ask Marty to come up I'm going to ask my wife to come up and I want them to help me and join me in prayer and let's pray for this group let's pray for this team I know it's just three here but let's also pray for the 45, 44 of them that are not here Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for this group, this team that for years now, about a year and a half or whatnot, have saved money or raised money to, to take on this trip to Haiti. And I thank you that three of them are here and they're a part of us, Lord God answering your call though it's a it's a short trip Lord God I know it can have long term and eternal consequences and benefits Lord God that will not just fall upon them but fall upon the people that they also minister to I pray that you would use Tanya that you would use Adrian and Lewis in a mighty way every time they share the gospel with someone through word or action that the power of Christ would be revealed through them. That your grace would be over them. That you would give them wisdom. That you would give them discernment. Lord, the knowledge that they need. That Lord God, as they minister in love upon the people of Haiti, that they could feel one with them, Lord God, and, and see them the way you see them, Lord. And, and I know it's going to happen to them. They're going to come back broken, not wanting to come back, wanting to stay, wanting to continue to serve you there. But Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would do such a powerful work that there will be people there, even in their short time, that would carry on that mantle and continue to do such a powerful, powerful work there in Haiti. Lord, Haiti, Haiti is ready for the harvest. Lord, Lord, it's, it's ripe. There's souls that are, that are waiting and that are, that are longing for freedom. But we also know that in Haiti there is darkness, there is evil, there is witchcraft. And as a church, we come against all of that and we rebuke the hand and the work and the power of Satan. That when these three and the rest of their team walk into the villages and walk into people's lives, that the chains of hell will fall and shatter from people's hands, shatter from people's feet, and that the power of Christ that is in them will deliver those people that they may contact with and that they would be accepted into the kingdom of God. Use them in a mighty way in Jesus' name. So Lord, we thank you for them. We praise you that your perfect will be accomplished. Keep them safe. Keep them strong. Keep them healthy. Fill them with love. In Jesus' name we pray. And together we say, Amen. Come on, church. Praise the Lord.